In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Selling a little... Or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. surprising to see Yolanda having such a good time because the last time I had seen her with Eileen, she was very, very sick. She could only talk to us for 45 minutes and had to go back to bed. How was she, like, on a boat? And so, in a way, I feel guilty and weird because I'm talking about it with people, and they're coming up to me, and they're questioning it, and there's people in Malibu, and, you know, it's kind of a small town, and... react to it, you may say, get the f*** out of my house right now. No, I would never and say you that. might. Somebody came to me with a word that I didn't know what it meant and thought that this is what you had, called Munchausen's. It's when somebody says they're sick, but they're not. Let's celebrate. There's a party going on right here. 
Here, it's not my business. There is nothing going on. Why don't you believe me? I don't know what exactly what I believe, to be really honest with you. Lisa. I witnessed something that really confused me. Can I see a little bit? Just to see. You have had a long relationship with Brandy Glanville, platonically or whatever, mm-hmm. because you have a very long text message chain with her, Denise. I it's don't you. care what text Denise, she has. it's a year I'm... of text messages. Why? You wouldn't pick up the phone and say, what the f- are you doing? Why wouldn't I engage in that? Okay, so, so why would do I you engage? just not engage with it? Is that how it goes away? No, there was other things that um, I dealt with. I don't even want to say how it was dealt with, but it's being dealt with. So you, you sent That's a hard. cease and desist? You wanted the footage taken out. Who told you that? Who told you that? Oh, 
You're so angry. It's a celebration. Solid on January 5th. Even though we have Jen Shaw sentencing today, he said, Ryan, I wanna give you a gift. I'm gonna let Lisa Rena go from Beverly Hills. <laughs> I'll never leave, Ryan. <laughs> I'll always be with you in your heart and your mind. <laughs> Harry's Bolognese. Harry, you're going to have to spend a lot more time with me now. <laughs> you guys, welcome to So Bad It's Good, your Friday episode. And wow, listen, we've got an amazing guest. So, and it's a really actually very powerful. And it was a moving discussion to me about astrology with Aliza Kelly, who is like, one of the top celebrity astrologers out there. And she has this new amazing uh, uh, deck of cards or sorry, deck of cards. This is a new amazing astrology deck of cards and a guidebook with it that, that uh, we're talking about, but we go deep on a lot of things. So if you want to go right to that now, uh, you can skip and with the timestamps, you can do that, but we got to talk about this. Listen, I, and I, I, I listen, we got it. We're going to be talking about this for months to come. So believe me, this is just going to be a taste. I also want to, oh, guys, if you don't know, if you're living under a rock, Lisa Rinna, uh, there was a mutual, <laughs> the, 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 the wording is amazing, a mutual decision for Lisa Rinna to leave uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She has provided us with eight seasons of service. And, and really to that, I say, Thank you for your service. No joke. I mean, like listening back to all those clips, I was cutting those and I was like, man, you know, so many iconic moments. Um, we'll get into why I think this is the right time. And I said that this was the right time. I still am shocked, though. I, I still am just shocked because, listen, this once again proves that I'm right about everything. But also, I just I feel like I'm becoming too powerful. Like there really there might be some sort of mutant power I have. I might need to be studied by some kind of government service. And I, I we need to keep this under wraps. So don't tell anybody I have this kind of predictive power. But I felt that this was I don't know. I'm still shocked, though. It still came down the pike. It was around 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time when I got the news. Maybe a little, maybe a hero. And I just didn't know what. Three thirty, maybe. Yeah, I didn't. And I didn't know what. I was like, whoa. And so immediately, I do what I do in every um, really frantic situation. I start making memes because that comforts me. And uh, <laughs> so. But also, I do want to clear up the misconception. I had a lot of messages and people commenting on these posts saying, well, you know, kind of glad she's gone, but I will miss your Lisa Rinna imitation. And I, I'm here to tell you the imitate Lisa Rinna will be remaining on so bad. It's good. Yes, right, right. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> We've not made a mutual decision at all. <laughs> no, Lisa Rinna, believe me, I will be writing her into next season of Beverly Hills. I'm not even joking. I wish I could be saying this is another one of my jokey jokes, but it is not. I will be putting Lisa Rinna in to next season. 
in. Because I'll be like, here's where Lisa Rinna would have been good in this scene. Or here's where Lisa Rinna would have really mucked this scene up. And listen, to a lot of people that adore Lisa Rinna, I want to say, I get it. I get heartbreak. I get it. Um, I, I was about to say she'll be back, but I was on Sarah Galley's live show tonight. And if any of you guys watched that, thank you for, for popping by. I hope you enjoyed it. We had Emily D Baker talking all about the Jen Shaw sentencing that is happening as you listen to this. It's God, it's going to be 7am Pacific standard time. And I'm like, do I get up just so I can make shitty memes? And I was like, probably, but this, I mean, Lisa Rinna just really taking the thunder right out from under Jen Shaw, or maybe Jen Shaw would want this, like take the, make it a distraction. But Lisa Rinna, you know, it, it, I said, she'll be back. She'll definitely be back. You know, this will be, but they went out of her way. They went out of their way, uh, in this statement to not say like they did with Dorinda's that she's going to be put on pause. Now, Andy Cohen might go on radio Andy tomorrow and say a completely thing like, Oh, it's all good. She'll be back down the line. We'll see what he says. But this statement said they came to a mutual decision. Now I'm hearing a lot of rumors that it came down to pay that they wanted to make her a friend of potentially there was a $500,000 offer, which is still a lot of money to walk away from when you're Lisa Rinna. Um, but she had requested 2 million. Remember, it was after her contract expired. Kathy was right about that at the reunion. That was a true statement. Um, and it looks like her team did not accept that offer. Now, that's just a rumor. Who knows? You're probably going to hear a lot of things. But this was a mutual decision. And let's read together as a family. Let's read this. This is an important moment. I want to read you this statement. I mean, I'm just still in shock. I would. This is when I really wish it was a call-in show sometime so we could talk together about what your thoughts are on this because it it's still just blowing me away. We have so much um, deadline, Lisa Rinna. I'm just, I'm like, I'm so excited. Uh, Lisa Rinna exits The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills after eight seasons. Uh, it says, Lisa Rinna is leaving the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and she's talking about her exit. Quote, this is the longest job. This is the longest job I have held in my 35-year career, and I'm grateful to everyone at Bravo and all those involved in the series. It's been a fun eight-year run, and I'm excited for what is to come. <laughs> Um, that's Lisa's uh, statement. A representative for the Shar said that Rinna's contract was up at the end of season 12. And after taking the time to weigh her current options and business obligations, Lisa and Bravo have discussed and mutually decided that she will not be returning to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, it also talks, not in the statement, but in this deadline article about the controversy with Kathy Hilton and Aspen, uh, the Bravo con booing, um, her general sloppiness on social media. Uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills expected to start filming season 13 in the coming weeks after taking a break between seasons following a controversial year. So I guess this really kind of nails this home. I mean, like people are positioning it as Kathy won. And I don't think Kathy won because Kathy, remind you, is a friend of. And I don't think she's even decided to fully come back yet. But I think this, I think. If I were to theorize, and that's what I don't get paid to do, but let me do it anyways, is that Rinna took it too far. Like I said already, this was played out after this season. It was been three years of the same Rinna. And, I, you know, I've said ad nauseum every week on this recap that I'm like, it's like watching somebody imitate their, themselves. It does not hold the power or the weight that it once did. And it just became really oddly scary, uh, grating, and I worried for her mentally. 
But um, like I said, she has provided so many amazing moments. I also just think she took it way too far in terms of the social media use Um, and in terms of getting into Bravo Instagrammers DMs. I believe she really messed with some wrong people, and I believe that it got back to Bravo. Uh, But there was a lot of crazy shit going around rumor-wise about Kathy Hilton. Now, Kathy, of course, is not perfect at all, um, but... Lisa was involved on really trying to take her down at a behind the scenes level. Also brought up production in terms of uh, saying that one of the producers maybe even would, was behind the bot attack. If you guys remember the bot attack against Garcelle's son. Um, but there was just a really unusual level of darkness this season, even for a housewife show. And I think after all things considered, Bravo Con being taken into consideration as well. Lisa being a general a-hole online that they decided to cut ties. We'll see what happens in the future. I hope that she does come back down the line. And like I always said, people were like, oh my God, is this the best day of your life? I'm like, no. I mean, it's like the second best day. But at the same time, I told you, like, I don't, I didn't want Lisa fired. Like I, I want, listen, like I said, I, I will make fun of Lisa Rinna as long as she's around. Like, no, I, I like, there's so much great content, but I said it was infuriating to watch the show. You do need to cut ties at some point with certain current cast members to actually see if this show can continue, that it has the legs that it needs to when it's going into its 15th, its 16th, its 14th, you know, all of these upcoming seasons. So it has, you know, it has the overall health. I mean, Orange County is teetering, I feel, on the brink. We can't have this happen to Beverly Hills. And I think at a certain point, if Rinna wasn't going to change, which it seems she's really set in her ways right now, I think this was kind of an obvious decision. Um, But what's great is that you will be able to revisit her on reruns all the time. And yes, there will probably be next season will not be as insane. And we're going to feel like something's wrong. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be all right. I think it's going to be all right. It's not going to be all right, Ryan. It's not going to be all right. Because they're going to be missing. Because they're going to Lisa to stir up some shit. I need Lisa to butt her little butt into everybody's business and make up lies and just generally be an unpleasant person. And Stand up for Erica, even though she's not a great person either. This does have me worried, though, in terms of where does Erica go? I think they'll keep Erica. And I think now I'm scared because I'm like, oh, no, the only person that's going to be really friendly with her is like Sutton. And, you know, I have a feeling you're also going to get another press release maybe today or next week uh, announcing some departures of other cast members. Uh, Diana Jenkins will not be there. Uh, You'll probably get that in the third paragraph of whatever next uh, announcements there are. Uh, But it does give more credence to the rumors that Denise Richards and Brandy Glanville will potentially be back. I don't even know if I love that thought, but it's starting to make more sense now that Rin is gone. Um, And we'll see. We'll see. Right. We'll see. We'll give everything a shot. And like I said, I'm going to be watching the show with Rinna or not with Rinna. Um, But Rinna did so many. I mean, listen. 
you know, what a lightning rod for this show. Um, and like I said, she will continue. Yes, I will. She will continue. Yes, she'll be on this. Lisa, let me talk. No, I don't have anything to do anymore. I'm going to co-host with you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm going to go try to grab Harry's balls <laughs> and shave Amelia's eyebrows. <laughs> Where's my other daughter? Not Amelia. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's a happiness. Sure. There's a sadness. Sure. But listen, tomorrow is Jen Shaw's sentencing 7am Pacific standard time, 10am Eastern standard time. I'll try to bring you as much as I can. There's a chance I'll even go live on Patreon or some other form, um, for the baddies and, and give my thoughts. And I really want to discuss this Lisa Rinna stuff more with other people and not just my solo thoughts because, so we'll be talking about this on Monday show, the pop culture roundup. We'll be talking to probably all week. Cause I got some cool guests coming on next week. Uh, but I am really in a, currently in a state of shock, but we do have to move on because we have a show to do today and we have an amazing guest. I want to talk about, uh, one other thing too, is the Jen Shaw sentencing. Uh, Emily D Baker was on, uh, Andy's girls live that I was on tonight as a guest. And if you saw it, I painted my eye, a black eye, like Heather gay. And I did the eye patch and I'm still just livid about this week's salt Lake episode, which I will be recapping in its entirety next week. And I'm very excited. It's the only thing that excites me about this episode of salt Lake. Cause I cannot wait to lose my mind being upset about it with you guys. Um, but tomorrow's the big day. And, and Emily D. Baker was kind of walking us through some of these last minute uh, filings between the Southern District and her team where they're trying. So basically, you guys, they've redacted a lot of information and they're trying to, you know, the good the good guys are trying to make this public knowledge, these redacted parts. But her team is saying that this cannot be redacted because it will cause irreparable harm to Jen Shaw. <laughs> and I'm like, well, more than she's already been caused. To, like, I mean, I think the prison sentence is going to be pretty bad and the $9 million restitution, but what is ever's in that redacted statements, which I believe is probably maybe allegations of the more of the cheating, who knows, but it's supposed to be really bad and they're fighting really hard to keep it away from the public. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about this. And I was, I made a meme earlier. Uh, I had Medita make a StubHub meme of like, because we've been talking about it like it was like a rock concert. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been talking with people that are trying to get seats in there. And I felt like, oh, they should list these tickets on StubHub. And like, how much would you pay for them? And would you pay to watch this streaming? Jen Shaw's sentencing, if you knew the money was going to the victims. And people online were like, I'll pay even if it doesn't go to the victims. And I was wondering about that because tomorrow really will be a very unique day because it will give Jen Shaw a chance to actually speak. Some of the victims are going to be making their way to this courthouse. It should be a highly emotional day. And will Jen Shaw be able to be believable in court? I mean, I think Jen Shaw is one of the better uh, bullshit artists on these shows. So there is no doubt in my mind. And of course, this is insanely sad for her family. Uh, her family, maybe besides Coach Shaw, are innocent. You know, she has two sons. I mean, these are real people that did not get brought into her BS. Um, and Emily D. Baker was making the point later of like, but this is what happens when you commit and then admit to crimes. You know, it's like, yeah, sorry, sorry, but this, this is what happens. Sorry. 
you know. Um, so we're going to have more coverage on that on Monday as well. But like I said, I might go live tomorrow at some point to talk more Rinna and more uh, Jen Shaw as the information comes out. This is one of those things. I think I need to get a fake law diploma because I feel like then people will really trust me <laughs> with the information. Um, also, this is just really horrific news. Um, and we don't have more than this People magazine article that uh, one of the L.A. Times reporters, Amy Kinnaman, who I think is just brilliant, wrote. But she has been covering. She had the initial Randall Emmett, who was engaged to Lala from Vanderpump Rules. She wrote the kind of just insane article about Randall Emmett. I don't know how long ago that was now. Um, and it just did it so well, the article, just so much research, so much vetting, and it was really powerful. Well, she is continuing on on the Randall Emmett beat, and this is insane. This was uh, the Twitter description of this article in the LA Times that was released tonight. Uh, it says, Amber Childers, Amber Childers, which was Randall's first wife, that they were married for eight years and had their two daughters together. Amber Childers has been granted a temporary restraining order against ex-husband Randall Emmett. In her court petition, she said she was contacted by an FBI agent who asked her about Emmett's, quote, suspected activities with child exploitation and pedophilia. Now, I do have to go uh, and make sure this is said as well, is that Randall Emmett completely... Uh, denies any involvement with any kind of uh, child exploitation or pedophilia and also any um, like that, even that there's an FBI investigation. I don't know enough about law, but I would think that you wouldn't be able to say, make a declaration to a court if you're Amber without proof that an FBI did, but I, I'm not a lawyer. Um, but also we do know that Randall is really seemed to be a scuzzy person when it comes to women. Um, and I don't know, but that is just deeply alarming, especially after how many 2022 stories we had with child exploit exploitation. But uh, we'll be keeping an eye out on that story. Very, very heavy um, and uh, not nearly as 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 fun as Lisa Renna getting fired. So, wow, we've got to do one more to cleanse the palate here. We've got to that was that even just darked me out. OK, here we go. This is really nice. Noah Schnapp, one of the lead actors from Stranger Things, one of the, the kids who is now uh, 18 years old, um, he released a TikTok today, uh, one of the lip syncing TikToks, but it had a very, uh, it had a, a heading. It said, when I finally told my friends and family I was gay after being scared in the closet for 18 years, and all they said was, quote, we know. And this has 6 million likes on TikTok. And it's great. I mean, really, I, I'm very proud uh, of this kid. Uh, it, it's got to be insanely scary to come out and I mean, to admit anything about yourself to other people that you love and care about is scary. But, uh, you know, uh, congratulations to him. Uh, I think that is uh, that's that's really that's really cool. And I, you know, listen, a lot of my friends uh, are, are gay men and women. And, uh, you know, a couple of them I went to school with and I, you know, I had them come out to me and, you know, I can't imagine how scary that was for them. In fact, I, the one person I'm thinking about in particular, I know like it was deadly serious to this person. And, you know, me, I don't, I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, you know, I remember thinking like, oh, I didn't, you know, I, 
I've been blessed with having a really open mind about things. Um, but for a lot of people, it's not like that. And a lot of people, it does take time for uh, them to come around to uh, other people's lives and how they want to live them. Uh, so I thought this was actually a really interesting, very cool pop culture moment that, uh, you know, his friends and family uh, were like, yeah, we know, bro. We know. <laughs> I didn't even get to ask how you guys are. How are you? I mean, how are you? I got to got I, I got some night the nicest uh, in our Facebook group, the So Bad It's Good Facebook group. The nicest uh, comment about like the show and me, and I, it, I'm trying to find it now because it was just so I gotta. Oh, here it is. Uh, Jenny Zander wrote this really nice thing about the the podcast and listen you know going through unemployment and struggling with anxiety and and just all of these things and i just thought you know and this was in 2021 not now and just that my show this show helped her a lot during that time and i just thought this was just an amazing message today that i just you know you know those messages where you're like well now this is probably helping me more than my show ever helped you so thank you to jenny and also i want to say to juliana carraza who took all of our notes for beverly hills uh last season and did an amazing job that that i am thinking about you and we're all sending positive vibes to uh, your furry friends, and uh, I am thinking about you, and I hope all that all is well and will be well, and that you get through all of this. And that is it, you guys. I am going to uh, we're going to talk to our guest now, and our guest is just truly, truly incredible. Her name's Aliza Kelly, and she is just fantastic. She is a celebrity astrologer, and I almost think that she is so much more than that uh, because she's an author, she's a host. Um, and she is one of the biggest voices in modern spirituality today. Uh, she's been featured so many times, and I talk about that in the intro, but she has this really cool deck of, uh, this manifestation deck called There Are No Coincidences, which also comes to a guidebook. We tell you all about that in this, but then we go deeper in a lot of this. And I gotta tell you, I couldn't, I, I kept, like, I kept tearing up this whole interview, and I don't know what that means, or what I was just... I was so, uh, I don't know, like she just had this really calming presence and just such a good energy. And it really affected me. This was like, this was at 10 a.m. this morning. I already had done one interview and I, I just, I was going in and I just, I don't know. There are those people that kind of really move you in a weird way. Um, but you've got to follow her on Instagram. I'm going to put all this information in the show notes because also she has this constellation club that is like a group of people manifesting together and her guiding you through things that I was like, this is awesome. And today is the, I believe the full moon. Um, and we go through all of that in this. I, I really think this is just I really like this interview and it's really nice sometimes to not talk about housewives and, and, and things like that. And I really love that you guys are such a great audience that you let me go to different places, um, that interest me. And especially, I don't know tons about astrology, like a lot of you guys do. So a lot of this just fascinates me. I'm really, really new still to all of this. And it's something if I had more time, I would really like to get into. Um, but Aliza Kelly, 
Here she is. But today we have somebody that's so good, it's great. A returning guest that I haven't spoken to, it feels like probably a year and a half or something. And listen, astrology is something that scares the crap out of me because it's so, I feel like I can't understand it. I feel like I don't know what to pay attention to or what to read or where to look. And our next guest shows us exactly where to look, what to read. Uh, there is so much information on everything that she is a part of, which is so much. She's a celebrity astrologer, author, and host. Uh, she is a star in modern spirituality, and she's been featured in so many publications, the New York Times. She was on the Drew Barrymore show. show. You might be reading her uh, articles on The Cut, which I just read two of, and it's amazing. She's a like very familiar voice on podcasting. Her Constellation Club, which I want to talk about as well, has so many events this month, but also what we're going to be focusing on today, which I'm so excited, she has a manifestation deck and guidebook called There Are No Coincidences. It came out in November and this would have been the perfect holiday gift, but I'm telling you, it's the perfect gift now. It's the perfect gift to give your friend. It's the perfect Valentine's Day gift. But these things are going to actually help you. We're going to just talk about Eliza Kelly. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ryan. <laughs> it's so nice to be back. Um, so this manifestation deck and guidebook, the, these are like, what? it's like 44 uh, cards, right? Like, how would you describe this to somebody uh, that would be purchasing it? Sure. So it's 44 cards of signs, symbols, and synchronicities. And really sort of the impetus behind this is that so often I will, someone will ask me, you know, I just saw this bird or I had this experience where I saw 1111, or I had this encounter and it felt really meaningful and really spiritual. So I wanted to sort of create that experience in an Oracle deck, um, which you can use for sort of like having a daily pull to be like, what should I look out for today or for guidance and clarity on a specific matter in your life. So sort of like in lieu of seeing a bird, actually, if you pull the card and you get the bird's card, then you know, it's the messages that correspond with what birds mean to you. And then of course, because, you know, there are no coincidences. The shorthand of that is tank, which is sort of like an expression that we say, almost like when you say jinx, it's like when something happens, that's like, oh, it's not a, it's, it can't just be coincidence. It has yeah, to yeah. be something more tank, right? So then the tank, of course, is that then you're going to be more tuned in to like what birds are flying by your window or what you're seeing or what you're encountering. So I wanted to sort of fold these experiences of like, what does it mean? And what should I look out for into a single package? I, how do you even begin to do this? Like, how do you, I mean, how, like, I, I, I thought about this the last time of just like, you know, you really have to have this gift to be able to even want to do this, but to be able to harness all of these things and put it in a deck, how long did this take you to even come up with? Because it seems like harnessing the impossible. Well, interestingly, this was definitely, um, Probably, you know, working on this deck was maybe the closest that I ever had to that flow state that people talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was really very cool because, you know, this is my fourth book, my fourth project of this sort of magnitude. And it's hard writing a book, you know, like even <laughs> when you have the proposal and you know what you're going to be writing about, like just, you know, it's it's challenging to get all of these ideas out and then make sure that you're articulating them. Um not just well, but also like poetically and that you're, you're crafting something that's going to be meaningful and impactful. But with this deck, um, I think because so much of it was material that I had been exploring just, you know, in my own like 
musing and intellectual journaling and then work with clients over the years um, that when it came to creating this and creating the cards for it, it really just like, it felt very organic and it just sort of like, you know, oozed out of me, which was amazing because it was a really fast deadline. So it also (laughs) needed to. Um, So I could actually literally also ask, like you said, that deck a question during the, like, like the morning and pull a card. It can work that way as well. Correct. Totally. Yep. Wow. So, and does this, you also, I noticed you were, uh, you, you're kind of the uh, advisor for Bumble in terms of relationships and things like that. Can you use this deck for relationship questions? Can you, I mean, can you do that specific? Totally. Um, I think the cool thing about this deck is that it's really versatile. So there's, you know, I, in the guidebook, I offer some suggestions of how to use it and the type of questions that you could ask the type of ways that you could look at the cards. But because this deck is filled with symbols and messages, it can also be a conversation starter. So you could also pull a card and you know, two people could say, what does this mean to me? What does this symbol suggest? What are the types of themes that are coming up when I see something like this? And that could be a really great way, especially you know, as we're mentioning for Valentine's of getting to know each other better. In uh, I think I spoke to you last in 2021, and you, I think you were in the city in New York in your apartment. And now I notice you're in a a beautiful room with like beautiful greenery in the background. <laughs> I was like, what a what a change! What what was your 2022 like? And spiritually and astrology wise, was it, you know, how was it in terms of even predictions for yourself? Well, 2022 was a very big year for me because I got married. So that was a very, obviously, this is going to be a very notable year in my life because of that. Um, But the 2022, holistically speaking, was a six year in numerology. And that in tarot is associated with the lover's card. It's associated with Gemini energy. So it very much was this year about making connections, um, finding partnership or, you know, moving away from partnership that isn't working too. I also know that in addition to a lot of people getting partnered up in 2022, there were a lot of uncouplings happening throughout this last year as well, which is also just as significant, you know, to know who you shouldn't be with, whether that's romantically or professionally or just interpersonally. Um, And now moving into 2023, we're entering a seven year, which is associated with the chariot and tarot, and then also cancer uh, in astrology. So the energy is sort of shifted from this very mercurial, curious vibe to something that's a little bit more grounded, a little more soulful, maybe a little more spiritual. Um, And really, I think that this year ahead, we're sort of building on a lot of the themes that came out in 2022. And we're thinking about how do I relate to other people? How do I relate to the world? And now we're taking that information or being like, okay, now how has that changed me? How am I going to continue to grow from that? Um, you even saw that in pop culture with the uncoupling and coupling of, you know, you had the Ben Affleck and JLo marriage. You had Harry and Olivia breaking up. You had Pete and Kim breaking up, Kanye and Julie. Totally. You had so many things that you could point to even in pop culture, which is a lot of the things that I study. But it is funny that that is, you know, the celebrities, you know, they're just stars. They're just like us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at your Instagram, which is just so damn good. You guys already follow her. But if you don't, you got to follow her. And I'm going to put all that information in the description. Um, you were talking about manifesting, like was, was it last night was the manifesting night or like, how does it go for like, when are we, what, what do we have to do in this new year to set ourselves up spiritually and with astrology? 
So at the time of this recording, um, we are on the precipice of the first full moon of 2023, which is really exciting um, because in a lot of ways, from a mystical perspective, well, this is going to get very esoteric. So bear no, with me. No, I love it. By the way, I got to tell you, every time I talk to Elisa, I start getting teary. Like, I don't know what it is, but I start like tearing up and I, I like, I don't usually do that. But for some reason, you're like, it's like a really weird, not a, it's like a good vibe, but you start getting like, cause you're, I feel like I'm getting closer to some kind of universal truth when I talk to you. Oh my gosh. Why? And so I like start, te- I like start tearing up and I don't know what it is, but I don't oh do gosh. this when I talk about how, so I'm, so I'm like, sorry if I start getting emotional, but I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like a 11 minutes in and I'm like tearing up. Like, I don't know what it is. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, that's so moving to me. I, yeah. that makes me feel so good. I, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, you know, from a very esoteric and mystical perspective, we can say that the first of anything is going to sort of set the precedent and the tone for what that experience or event is. Right. So yeah. even like, you know, the first day that you start a new job, if we were to pull an astrology chart for that moment, that's going to give us a lot of information, not just about when you walk in a room, but also what your whole experience is going to be working somewhere. So because this is the first full moon of the new year of 2023, this full moon is giving us a lot of information about what full moons are going to be in the year 2023, but also even more broadly speaking, what release is going to look like in the year of 2023. Because full moons are associated with the sort of exhale of the manifestation cycle, um, which is when we're letting go of things and we're reflecting and we're reviewing. So 2023, first full moon is a full moon in Cancer, and it's actually a really beautiful lunation. It's not a, it's sometimes, and for the past couple of new moons and full moons that we've had, they've been really like challenging ones. And I I think that we've all felt this collectively, you know, the end of this past year has been, it's felt really hard. And I think a lot of us were just like really burnt out and feeling really fatigued and really exhausted. And this new moon has a lot of, or this full moon rather has a lot of energy baked into it. Um, It's making this really beautiful connection to the planet Uranus, which is about innovation and progress and change. And sometimes this planet can be kind of like a troublemaker, but because it is being (laughs) so positively aspected, we're getting the good stuff of it. You know, we're seeing like potential for really breaking the mold and starting new projects and finding that sort of like spark of genius within ourselves. In addition, we also have Mercury retrograde, which is playing a very important role in this moon. And even though Mercury retrograde has like a horrible reputation and like (laughs) rightfully so, it makes things really chaotic and confusing and annoying. I just know I start seeing a lot of Instagram posts when Mercury, (laughs) I start seeing the Mercury and Gatorade. I start seeing all those and I know, I know that something bad's going to happen to me. That's not necessarily the case. They might just have a bad reputation. Yeah, it's a rep- it's really everyone's favorite scapegoat at this point. Um, but the thing is with Mercury retrograde, and it's my personal philosophy astrologically, that none of these planetary movements are here to destroy us and to ruin our lives. They're here to help us look at life from a different perspective. So when Mercury retrograde happens, we're looking at communication from a different perspective. We're thinking about the past from a different perspective, which is amazing for exhaling 2022 and finding new ways to set intentions or resolutions or whatever you want to call them for the year ahead. And obviously resolutions are like, as a concept, like a little cheesy and a little played out. But I do think that when, whenever we have an opportunity to start something new, 
whether we want to assign that to a new year or we want to assign that to a new hour, it's a really magical portal for us to step through. And we're going to have a change in mindset around that. So I'm going to release this tomorrow, Friday. When is the new moon? When is it? So the full moon is, I believe it's at, let me see. I think it's at three o'clock in the morning. Um, Tonight. Yeah. Oh, so it's actually at, it's on Friday, January 6th at 6.08 PM is the full moon in Cancer. So that's perfect. So I'll release this. So what then, you know, the listeners out there, besides getting this, this deck and guidebook, uh, what should we be doing tomorrow in preparation for this? You know, like, is there, I mean, is this the day that we put out our crystals for charging? Is this the day? I mean, do we write these things down like intention wise? What is the physical stuff we need to be doing? So, yeah, that's a great question. Um, And the way that I see the way that manifestation works for me Um, And the way that I have described it and sort of like my philosophy on it is that manifestation is about veracity and veracity is about fearless truth telling, being really, really honest. And I believe that when we manifest something, we're not actually um, trying to get something into our lives that shouldn't already be there. It's us charting the difference between where we are today and where our soul knows we need to go. So it's really just sort of the pathway to get to what we need to receive in this lifetime, right? With what And whatever that means and however that needs to express itself in our unique um, journeys through this world. So when we are manifesting, we're doing both physical actions and also spiritual actions to arrive at that destination. So the physical actions are like, I'm going to apply for new jobs, or I'm going to send out an email. And then the spiritual actions are like, I'm going to light this candle to represent my efforts, or I'm going to lay out this crystal to charge up so that this is sort of a symbol. This becomes sort of this external version of my own confidence. So whenever I hold this, I can reconnect with what my intention is. So it's really like a, you know, doing a manifestation ritual, like what I'm going to be doing tonight in my community, the Constellation Club is really just, it's, it's helping us align both the physical and the spiritual so that we can arrive where we need to be. In your line of work, do you see a lot of people fighting against this, that fight against, uh, growing the fight against like the messages they're, they're receiving from, uh, astrology in a sense? Yes, I do. I mean, I think that when I think that being honest is really scary and really um, it's, you know, we're afraid to be vulnerable and manifesting requires that level of sort of humility and vulnerability and willingness to sort of embarrass ourselves. Um, And I understand that like some, we're not necessarily going to tell a stranger or the internet, (laughs) all of the things that we want. (laughs) Unless you're on Twitter, unless you're on Twitter. Right, right. Of course, of course. But we also have to practice being honest with ourselves. And I think that over the course of our lives, we're told so many times, especially when we're kids, you know, that we're called silly or the ideas that we have are seen as unrealistic or unbelievable. And that over time makes it so that we don't trust ourselves as much. We don't trust what we want. So I think a lot of this work is also about cultivating a stronger relationship with ourselves so that we learn to believe ourselves when we say that we want something or so that we can really learn how to sort of 
question our intentions with something. And I also, another real important tenant of mine is that we need to have a strong why when we're manifesting. You know, why do you want the thing that you want? Why are why are you setting those intentions? Why do you want love? Why do you want a million dollars? Yeah, it's the why. why. Yeah, the why. I mean, that's I come from an acting background, and that was it too. It just in breaking down any script is the why. You know, yeah. is that it's so it's such the 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 key question. Um, you had mentioned the Constellation Club, and I was online, and I was like, this thing looks insanely awesome. If you guys are a part of it already, but. You have like the coven meeting, which is tonight, then book club, which is Tuesday, then astrology looking ahead on Thursday of next week. Then you have a coven meeting for the new moon uh, on the 20th at 8 p.m. And then a money manifestation on the 31st. So this is part of what is the Constellation Club? Because this seems like I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, (laughs) thanks. So it's um, it's a virtual community that I founded in 2019. Um, and we have hundreds and hundreds of members from all around the world. And it's really a space where people can go. There's workshops, there's tons of resources, you know, cause we're constantly doing new programming. All of that is then saved. So you can watch replays of so many videos, so many workshops. There are so many PDFs. So it's like master class. Cause you can keep going back and like watching yeah, past videos and things like that. Wow. Totally. Okay. But the, the real emphasis to me is the community. Um, it's really cool now having, you know, the constellation club existed for as many years as it has people have people make their best friends in this space. Um, in real life, you know, they, yeah. there's chapters all over the world. So if you're looking for people who have sort of shared interests in astrology or tarot, or just spirituality in general, like you'll find people that want to talk about that with you. And it's really cool. Um, This is completely away from astrology, but what do you like to watch? What is your, what are your guilty pleasures? What do you, what do you do when you are not uh, reading stars and, and, and going so deep? What (laughs) what do you do? What do you like to do entertainment wise? I like to watch Curb. I like to watch Seinfeld. (laughs) Seinfeld is my like go to sleep at night, every night to a season of Seinfeld every night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I'm actually on the last season right now and I'm sort of panicking because I'm not really (laughs) sure because it's been, I mean, it's really like delivered for a long time. Yeah. yeah. This journey for months. Um, But I also am dabbling, you know, I was, I went to Nathan for you. I went to the rehearsal. I really like smart comedies. The rehearsal, did that blow you away? You guys, today's podcast is sponsored by our good friends at Rocket Money. Now, Rocket Money is a product that I actually use. I talked about it last week as well, and I'm so psyched that they are back with us again this week. Now, you are in a new year, and you got to have goals in your new year. And a lot of people's new goals, myself included, is to manage my money better, to have an actual budget to budget better, to save money. And that is where Rocket Money comes in handy. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. 
Over 80, this is actually fascinating. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. I do this all the time. Like, you know, a streaming service you bought to watch just one show on and that free trial that you forgot to, uh, you forgot to cancel. So they keep charging you and you just don't know about it. Rocket money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you. So you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Guys, that's as far as my brain works, just clicking buttons, and that's why Rocket Money is so dang easy. Um, Simply find the subscription you don't want, and all you have to do is press cancel. And then Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Get this, over 3 million people have used Rocket Money. And it saves the average person up to $720 a year. Now, they help me cancel uh, my Entertainment Weekly, which actually even went out of business. They uh, helped me cancel, well, they reminded me that I have True TV, which I signed up for to interview a guest. They reminded me that I have Disney Plus. It really goes through and it makes you think about each thing that you have and if you like it and need it in your life still. So it's so useful. Um, it's one of those things that you're going to be shocked about how many things that you didn't know you have. In fact, I have so many like editing, well, like, cause I make all of the memes, you guys. And so there's all of these like, uh, things that I'll pay like five bucks a month to help. Like, like there's like meme maker or, um, like things that'll like frame tastic and all of these apps, but they cost money. And then I forget that I sign up for them. And that I'm paying for them on a monthly basis. And so this is so easy. It lays it out right there for you on an app. Um, So far, I've saved a couple hundred bucks and I'm hoping to save a lot more this year. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash so bad. That's rocketmoney.com slash so bad rocketmoney.com slash so bad. That'll also be in the show description as well, but always just go check it out. Just click on it. See if it's something worthwhile to you. But I know on this one, it actually very much is. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad.
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Like Blew the intensity of the rehearsal, which we talked about a lot on the show in uh, November, you guys, with Nathan Felder, like really doing things on a different level that I thought was so fascinating and kind of really... Uh, really opened things up in terms of comedy and what you can do with it. I thought, and I'm, I, I, those are the things I love as well. Um, you, I know you probably don't do a lot of housewives, but the card deck reminded me of like, there's a character, Lisa Rinna, who I'm sure you know of. She kept saying that she was seeing um, a bird that was her mom. Cause her mom had passed away. See, and she kept that saying tank. that's Lois. She kept saying that's Lois. And that's, that's tank in terms of yeah. that, but that's exactly what these cards also the manifestation cards um, are, are dealing with as well. Cause I was thinking about that immediately. Um, in 2023, you say this is a, a year of possible renewal um, and month to month. How do we check in with ourselves besides like pulling a card every day and doing these things? How do we check in with our progress? How do we know that we are on the right path and stay the course? What are your recommendations for that? Great question. Um, this is one of the reasons that I love doing new moon and full moon work is because we have two checkpoints a month, always. Uh, we always have a new moon and we always have a full moon every month. And these are really great opportunities for us to check in with ourselves, make sure that we are being true to ourselves, make sure that we feel like we are still aligned with our greater goals and ambitions, and make sure that we're also doing good spiritual hygiene, which is letting go of things that we do not want to hold on to anymore, <laughs> and also really articulating um, the things that we are interested in and the things that are meaningful to us. Because I, this is another thing that I think, this is bad spiritual hygiene, right? Is saying you want something, let's say saying that you want to get married, right? Saying you yeah. want to get married and then, and then just sort of being so tunnel vision on that goal that you start losing sight of other important things in your life. Like for instance, whether the person you're dating is actually someone that you get along with or whether they're- <laughs> Oh, that little thing. Oh, you're supposed <laughs> yeah, to get along with like, the people? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Casually. <laughs> it's, it's important to not just say some, you know, to make a statement and then move towards that without any adjustment. One of the most amazing things that we have the ability to as humans do is change our mind. And I think that there is so much spiritual value in shifting um, how we feel based on what we have learned and how and our growth. So checking in with ourselves every new moon and full moon, whether or not it's formally or informally, just you know, knowing on your phone that it's like, oh, I'm seeing an alert that there's a new moon or a full moon. Let me use that as a marker for just making sure that the things that I care about are actually being implemented in my life. 
And that's why it really is important to sit down there and write these things out is write the intentions out, write the why out is so you can continually check back in with that. You had brought up uh, marriage or dating uh, just a second ago and uh, talking about bad spiritual hygiene, which I love the term spiritual hygiene uh, is, did you uh, set out to get married last year? Did you set, I mean, was that an intention? Was that in, or, you know, for, for, do you set those? Cause that's bad spiritual hygiene. So I don't imagine you did, but I mean, how do you use this in your actual life? Well, I, I really adjust the, you know, I would say that this upcoming full moon is kind of going to be the exception because this full moon, I'm going to be working on setting a time capsule for, uh, 2023, which I'm not going to open until the end of 2023 or the beginning of 2024. I did one for 2022, which I'm going to be opening tonight. And what does Um, that mean? Exactly. A time capsule of memories, a time capsule of, of, of intentions. Okay. okay, Manifestation time capsule. So basically what I did at the end of 2021, beginning of 2022 is I wrote out all of the things that I wanted to bring into my life and lock them in a box. And then the philosophy there is set it and forget it, right? Like this, these are things, these are longer term goals. So instead of needing to constantly monitor the progress Uh. of these things, we're going to trust that the universe is taking care of these things and we're going to see what Uh happens in the next year. So I'm opening that box tonight. That's and I'm so be, exciting. I have no idea what I wrote. No idea. <laughs> oh so I'm going to be what really it, interested to see. Yeah. What was last year like? Were you? Did you have a good track record last year when you opened the box? I did. Yeah. I mean, and there are some things that did not come to fruition, right? But like yeah. the things that came to fruition, I had so much more perspective on than because life happens, you know, things change all the time. So some of the things that I had wanted in the pre- two years ago, were things that were just no longer relevant, you know, or things that it was a relationship or a, a dynamic or a partnership that turned out not to be good at all. You know, it was like things that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that that didn't happen. Um, or it's things that I'm still waiting for. You know, it's yeah. things that I'm still that are st- that just need a little bit more time. But the progress and the and the growth shows that it's moving in the direction that I'm hoping it would go in. I know I just have a little more time with you, but may I ask, like, how did you, uh, once again, like just for people that are just hearing you for the first time, how did you get into all of this? Like, how did you, how did you learn you had this gift? What attracted you to this? At what age did you start? Well, I was, I had always been interested in sort of more esoteric and mystical things, um, but it got more serious and it sort of set the tone for what was going to be my career in my early 20s, um, I had moved to Los Angeles and I was soul Uh-oh. searching. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, every like, I'm in Los Angeles. That's what we do out here. That's all <laughs> like, we do. It's just a bunch of people with lost souls. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I just took it a little too far. You know? yeah. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I was when I moved out to L.A., I wasn't pursuing a career in entertainment. I was actually working in the art world and I was technically living the life that I came out to live, but I was finding myself extremely unfulfilled and really also, you know, having a bit of an identity crisis. Um, I also had found that I was sort of like lying to different people about who I was and what my background was. And it wasn't like this very, you know, I wasn't like trying to tell false truths. It was that I just didn't really know who I was. 
And all of that started to kind of compound in this way where I was like, I, I'm not sure even what I'm doing. You know, I don't know what, I don't know who I am. And at that time I was kind of looking for different meaning and answers. And I found some insight on astrology, which gave me this, it, it, it let me know that I was not just this Leo sun, but I was also a Pisces moon. And at that time, that was sort of like my gateway drug into astrology because suddenly it allowed me to craft myself as and understand myself as a multidimensional person. And I was really looking for that. I was looking for some sort of a mirror into recognizing that like who I, that I was uh, a complicated person with like a complicated past and a complicated life. And that was- And that's okay too. Yeah, and and that was beautiful. And that was who I was. And that was really eye-opening for me. And I started to learn more about myself And as I started to learn more about myself, I also wanted to see, you know, who are these people in my life who are my friends and who are my colleagues. And I started to look at their astrology too. Um, In 2013, I co-founded an astrology dating app with a friend of mine from college, sort of in response to that work that I was doing. And even though we were very ahead of the time and the app ended up closing in 2016, the, you know, I, I, I have been now doing astrology um, as my full-time job for 10 years, which is really wild and unexpected. Um, And, you know, from there, I moved back to New York in 2016 and I opened a private practice and I continued to study with my mentors. And I guess it's really one of those, like when you find the thing that you love doing, um, you're just going to feel good doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Astrology gave you a foundation to find yourself, but what's so interesting now is that you're able to help people find themselves and actually do really, really hard work. You know, like I I think about like the work that I have to do at the gym with my trainer, but this emotional work is just as important. And this spiritual hygiene, which you speak of, is just as important for us to be these kind of healthier people that are actively going towards goals and and spirituality and things of that nature. Right. 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 And then like, even, you know, I think that it gives us a really great framework for being able to understand um, what lights us up, you know, and like the, I like to, I have this little expression, go where the energy flows, which is like, you know, when we're looking at ourselves and we're seeing our chart and we're seeing who we are from this astrological perspective, we can really identify like, oh, these are the things that make me happy. These are the things that bring joy into my life. These are the things I like that, that light me up and to identify those and to be able to sort of move towards those is going to allow us to really integrate full body, you know, who we want to be in this lifetime, which I think is just really meaningful. And it's never too late, you guys, to start that. You can't, it's not like there's a time, like you have to like start by this age. You can do this at any age and start doing the work on that. And I think that's why the deck and everything that you do are so important because it is, we do need guides in this life. We can't do this on our own. And that's like so important that somebody can communicate clearly to us about these are the things and how to do the things. And this is going to help us uh, kind of just grow, which I think 2023 should be all about, uh, really quickly. Did you, uh, did you, uh, cause I know, you know, not that you like celebrity pop culture, you've talked about on other shows and stuff like that. Did you predict any of the Kardashian craziness or the Kanye stuff last year? Did any of that, uh, was that 
at all? Did you look at any of their charts, the Kardashians last year? So, yes, yes and no. I mean, I I have definitely looked at their charts over the course of last year. It's like so hard to there were so many things yeah. that happened last year. It's so hard to remember. You know, I this is sort of tangential to it, but I will say that there is an interesting thing. You know, the Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian breakup was 100 percent. It was like so aligned with the astrology. It was unbelievable. That was like a really <laughs> delightful, you know, that was a delightful timing for us astrologers to see um, because he's going through his Saturn return, which is a really important astrological transit, which is when you technically become your own father in astrology. Um, which, and, you know, we know from his story is that he lost his dad very tragically. Yeah. So like this concept of, of being a father is something that is meaningful in his life and in his own evolution. Um, so I thought it was really interesting that a lot of the, you know, I, I can't say like Kanye's journey, but like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kanye of tw- like Kanye 2022, <laughs> early 2022, a lot of his outbursts at that time were about Pete parenting his children. And I thought that that was really interesting in terms of Pete's timing of becoming a father, so to speak, and sort of learning how to become his own, you know, to take care of himself in that capacity. I thought that that was a really interesting sort of symbol to see how there was a lot of conversation around that last year. Yeah, no, it, it it was very interesting to watch that all go down. And it seems like it was many, many years ago. But I, as I reminded the audience this week, that was just this past year, a lot of this that happened. Yeah. Um, Can we pull Elise- a card? I would love to. Can we? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! I don't. I don't. Like, I feel like I'm. I don't want to ever abuse your talents or anything like that. No. But that would be incredible. No, let's let's see what we get. Okay. What should What should we pull a card for? Uh, can we pull a card for? Uh... Oh, well, how dark or how happy do we want to get? I mean, like. Uh... <laughs> Wait, Ryan. <laughs> remind me of your sign. I'm Taurus. Love it. Love it. <laughs> She, by the way, the look, she was like, yeah, okay, got it. I love of course, it. Of course, love of course. Um, um, will, uh, will So Bad It's Good continue to grow um, this? Uh, hmm. uh, that needs to be more specific. Um, well, let me, you can ask anything and I might adjust it for you. So don't, okay. don't. Well, say, will, will So Bad It's Good uh, continue to grow like it has the last three years? Uh, to a place uh, that I'm hoping it, it it grows to. Well, I am going to say yes without even needing to pull it. Perfect. Uh, Let's just do but, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for the deck, I would say that you know, asking less of a yes or no question and more yeah. of a ha- more of a how question is better. So we can oh, say okay. how will it grow or how what yeah. should we know about. Um, the podcast in the upcoming year. What's the message yeah. we need to know about it? What is the message I should know for the podcast in the upcoming year? Okay, I love it. So, Ryan, do you want me to? I'm going to make three piles here. Yeah. Should I work with pile one, two, or three? Three. Beautiful. All right. So let's see how, what should we know about? the podcast in the year 2023. Oh, this one wants to come out. Okay. This is perfect. Okay. We got earth, which is amazing because you as a Taurus are an earth sign. 
And now from the deck, from the guidebook, rather. There are no coincidences, you guys. We're talking about to put the link in this. This is the guidebook. Yeah. So it's uh, the keywords are stability, materiality, and safety. And the tank is soils, leaves, wood, mountain, the zodiac signs of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And as you can see, there's a lot of text. It's like a pretty hefty <laughs> guidebook. So I'm going to, I'm going to just sort of like, read over, <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. Just overview. Yeah. You wrote it. So yeah. <laughs> it says, what do you have? What do you want? How will you get it? Metaphysical practices teach us to spark passion, to ignite creativity, creativity, think abstractly to generate new ideas and explore our deepest emotions to hone our extrasensory intuition. But actually integrating these skills within daily life is a completely different story. No matter how skilled you may be at navigating the non-physical astral realm, the domain of wishes and spirits and synchronicities, you are for better or worse, a product of nature in need of nutrients and shelter and support. Likewise, the earth card requires us to connect with the physical domain, food, resources, movement to ensure that we are both present and firmly anchored. The earth card compels you to drop your shoulders, unclench your jaw, and feel the ground beneath your feet. You're here. You're alive. Now ask yourself again, what do you really need? Oh, I love that. So for me, this card says that this is about really creating grounded, stable systems for the podcast in the year (laughs) ahead. Oh my God. If Maritza and Sandra are listening to this, you know exactly what that means. So that is, <laughs> that is perfect to hear. Um, Aliza, thank you so much. I get such a good vibe every time I talk to you, or even when I was going through your Instagram, I'm like, oh man, it's like, I, I, you remind me to do the work in the best way possible. Like in the, I don't mean that as, as like, cause sometimes work is associated with bad things and work should be associated with kind of amazing things and growth. And I always feel that when I talk to you or look at anything you're involved with, you can find everything about Aliza. It's also, you just have the website, alizakelly.com, right? Yep. That's right. But what is, so we can get this uh, guidebook, which by the way, the guidebook is a like a hefty, like it's like a book itself, plus the cards. You can get that anywhere right now, correct? Yeah. Um, and the Constellation Club, which I think is just such a great, like amazing value as well, especially if you're looking to really do the work in 2023. What else is coming up for you? I mean, you just got married. Like what, I mean, those, these are all huge things. Is 2023 all just about more growth for you? Like it, it just seems like you're kind of exploding again. And I thought that a couple of years ago. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Um, you know, this year I'm, this is one of the first years that I'm coming into a new year, really just open to see what is going to happen and where things are going to take me. And I'm actually really excited about that because I am an over planner. Um, (laughs) I am, I am definitely, you know, like I, I skew towards type A, So for me, it's actually very spiritual. It's good spiritual hygiene to step back from that and just be more receptive. Um, So that's how I'm coming into the year. Do you ever get scared still? Or like with this work, there's no reason for fear because whatever happens will happen. Whatever will be, will be. I mean, do you still get anxious and things like that? Of course. Um, But I have over the years cultivated a a really helpful tool in being able to discern anxiety from intuition, which seems to also resonate with others as well. Um, So I'll share it here, which is that anxiety is triggered by something and it is a siren. 
it's something that gets louder and louder and sort of builds on itself and grows and expands. And intuition is a whisper. So when I am finding myself getting scared or anxious about something, I kind of, I look at the quality of that experience. And if it's something that it's like, oh, I sent this text and then I didn't hear back. And what if something bad happened and are they okay? And what's like, that's not intuition, right? Because that was something that got evoked and now is spiraling and is a siren sound. Whereas an intuition is really just, it's very quiet. It doesn't have an agenda. And it has just a sort of a, it's like a soft whisper as opposed to something that is loud and um, consuming. So knowing that has really been able to help me identify, even when I'm reading my own upcoming astrology, if I get nervous about something I see, it's like, am I getting nervous about this because I have that this triggered something in me? Or am I getting nervous because it's an intuitive whisper? And frankly, it's very never an intuitive whisper. It's all, my fear is always based in anxiety. Hmm. That's amazing. Um, well, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time with us today. You guys, elizakelly.com, this guidebook and cards, I think this is something that you need to have. I just even like it, like you said earlier, that it's just a conversation starter. I mean, you can use it for so many different purposes, uh, but I think this is something that you need in your lives. I'm going to need it in mine for 2023. And uh, thank you so much. I hope to talk to you in the next couple of years as well and see yes. where we all landed. And I'm really curious what uh, what came true from your 2022 manifestations, which you're doing tonight. But uh, happy uh, full moon or new moon or yes, happy all of full that moon. Stuff. Happy full moon. Okay, that's it. ElizaKelly.com. Uh, thank you so much, Eliza. Thank you so much. Five, four, three. Betches.